lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast with Lance and Randall. Hello and welcome to the first annual youth hockey podcast. My name is Randy Gifford and beside me is Lance Alexander. Lance, why don't you give the people an idea of who you are so that you can help them with their journey with their children going through the youth hockey landscape. All right. Well, I live in Valencia, California, which is the hotbed of hockey these days. Everybody knows it. Exactly. And uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, my boys have been playing hockey for over 10 years now. And would you say they play hockey to some distinction, Lance? Uh, well, I like to think so, but of course I'm their dad. But I'm not their dad, and they do. They've been to some <laughs> of the top schools in the country, some of the top prep schools. We'll, we'll go ahead and, and, and let people know exactly how high they have achieved in the sport of hockey so that they can understand, even though we're just two, two dads uh, trying to talk to a microphone, that you also are a dad that has experienced a lot more than, than most of the beginning people going through the sport. All right. Well, they started humbly uh, in Southern California, uh, like I said, in the hockey hotbed of the world. And um, over the course of 10 years, uh, progressed through uh, the Junior Kings AAA program on to Shattuck St. Mary's, which is the home of many NHL players. Uh, And a very good women's hockey program as well. I have to throw that in because I do have a daughter. Yes, and they do sport many women's gold medalists. And what were you telling school. me about the girls uh, in the uh, uh, the school? That the boy, his boys knew some girls, and they were always pretty uh, um, intimidated by the fact. Will you let them know why? Uh oh, I don't remember why. They had gold medals. <laughs> oh, uh, they had yes. go- some of the girls at the school were like, "Yeah, these are our gold medals," and they, these boys are like, "Yeah, we're going to be really good too." And someday. They, yeah, someday. <laughs> and these these girls were walking around going, yeah, we're the best in the world. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Anyway, uh, I represent, uh, my name's Randall. I represent the intermediate path. Uh, my children play mainly in the AA range, uh, though my oldest son is now a AAA player. Uh, and I have a daughter uh, who is playing in-house, basically. Um, so we all know pretty much the entire span of things and how, they, how the uh, sport works. Um, can progress from being, you know, a pretty, um, um, pretty basic level. Uh, go to hockey lessons at your local uh, rink. Start out for free if there's a program that lets you do that, where they give you the equipment and they kind of treat you like a drug dealer. They're like, here, take the equipment, and then they get it all back later. <laughs> no, really. I mean, you know, they, they give you the stick. They give you the stuff. And then, like, you watch your kid for 10 minutes, and you're like, this is the best sport I've ever seen my kid play. And then for month after month, you pay them. Forever. Yes. Exactly. I'm not going to ask you how much you pay the rink. I really wanted to right there. I was like, what, can I ask Lance how much he, he the most he's probably spent at the rink in a month? A lot. A lot. There you go. I won't I won't go any further than that. Exactly. Uh, first, we're going to start with Lance's musings. Uh, today, the topic of Lance's musings is how you get your kid um, motivated um, to play hockey uh, at any level. Uh, and he had some great ideas on, on, on what uh, motivation means and how you get your kid to play like some other kid. Or, you know, like a lot of parents are like, oh, I want you to play like Jimmy. Uh, so uh, Lance had a great answer for that, and I will... Let him take that away. Well, first I'll start by saying that, uh, you know, I'm just thinking back at those 10 plus years 
And I think my wife would agree that, boy, embrace every moment because it just feels like yesterday that the boys were just learning how to skate. And now they're getting ready to go off to college soon and time flies. So definitely enjoy the time while you can. And I thought it was interesting that uh, I can't remember who, but one of the moms in the NHL had talked about the fact that she took just as much joy watching her son score as a mite as she does him scoring in the NHL in the big game. She said there's no difference. So enjoy every goal, every moment, uh, every post-game snack, everything. But Although uh, the post-game snacks get much better when you have like a few million dollars in the bank. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that you get some pretty, you know, like, like almond-crusted shrimp and things like that. Well, I'm sure the kids are just as temperamental too, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I've heard they they get into more trouble in the big leagues than anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So uh, my musing, as you uh, uh, as you said, was um, basically, I, you know, the one question I think uh, that my wife and I get asked all the time is like, well, how can I get my kid to be as committed uh, as your son, or how can I get my uh, my son to get out there and, and do privates, do stick times, whatever. And uh, my answer has always been just let them be themselves because I see too many parents forcing their kids to do things that they want them to do versus what uh, what the child wants to do. And I think that is what's the leading driver of kids burning out and quitting the sport early. You know, I can't remember the last time I ever asked my kid or demanded that my kid go do something hockey-related they do it because they love it and they have a passion for it. And when they stop having that passion, I expect them to stop playing hockey and move on to something else. So how many times do your kids go out and let's go, they say, do stick to let's summer. Uh, you've got nothing better to do. Uh, how many times does uh, one of your children hit the ice? I would say they're trying to look for something hockey related every single day. Uh, right now, as a matter of fact, as we record this, it's Christmas break. Everyone's relaxing. Uh, I think in the last three days, they've been on the ice three days. Uh, and again, it's not about getting better every time. It's just about going out and you could just sit, tell they're having fun. There's the a comfort fun. level. Yeah, there's yeah. a comfort level. When, you, when, you're, when you're on your skates for a certain amount of hours, you're more comfortable uh, than the other kids that are on their skates a half that amount. Exactly. And I think when you're having fun and just enjoying it, you're getting better just by default. What is your like? What is your ratio of stick time to having someone coaching your child? If if you have such a thing, I I, I don't know what my uh, like golden ratio would be, um, but you've been pretty far around. Uh, what do you think it is? Wow, that's a tough question. I haven't thought about it, but I'm going to say it's probably fifty fifty. Okay, you know if you include, well, I'm factoring in games, you know, organized games, organized practices private lessons, and then just time when they're going out there uh, on their own uh, doing what they want to do. And I think it's probably 50-50. I think that's a good message because I think a lot of people think that every day they have to put their kid in a lesson or something organized in order to get something out of it. But you're telling me that you – and I'll tell you from an intermediate standpoint, there was a time when we had uh, D.A.R.E. in lessons – how many how many times a week was it? Three or four Three or four hours a week outside of his practices, we would have him skating with a coach. Now, I, I don't know if that's because that's that's that means he didn't have that 50-50 even close. He was 
he was with the coach in 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 the lessons, and then he was with the coach in practice, and then he'd go out on the ice maybe I don't know two or three hours outside of that. It was like a it was less than a third, less than a quarter. It was about a quarter is what I guess. Well, I'll tell you, like I said, for it just seems for my boys that um, what what drives them, I think, what probably drives every hockey player is confidence oh. and 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 being comfortable and secure with what you can do on the ice and, uh, you know, and how good you are or how well you fit in with your peers. And for them, a lot of that comes from that downtime when they're just out there uh, doing what I think they call shinny hockey and just having fun, you know, experimenting, doing, trying new things, things that they don't feel comfortable that they could do with a coach there. And uh, so, you know, I think the coaches add a lot of value to, very specific uh, technique. Oh, but that's and, a good point. You, your kids don't want to play a certain kind of hockey around a coach, and they can they can they can learn some of their own lessons uh, when when they're not worried about what a coach is thinking, and they're just they're 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 they're, they're learning to teach themselves. Right, exactly. And right. I and like you said, I think the more fun they have, and the more they just get out and enjoy their time, um, it's going to build their confidence and. You know, especially when you start getting to these really high levels where everybody's good and everybody's committed and everyone's uh, trying to do the right things to get better and to develop, it becomes, you know, it could be stressful. It could be very challenging. And, you know, and I think sometimes these kids forget just how good they are. And then they get on the ice with, with and just clown around time. And all of a sudden they, they get reminded you know, hey, I can do this, and I'm pretty damn good at what I do. And, you know, sometimes the kids need to be reminded of that. When you're in a very formal environment and the coaches are blowing the whistles and, and trying to instill certain things in the moment, you know, sometimes they forget that, and they need to be reminded just how good they are and just how fun the sport is. That's the 10-minute horn. That means we're moving on to questions. Uh, we are at Youth Hockey. What are we at? Youth Hockey Podcast at gmail.com that is youth hockey podcast at gmail.com um we have uh, a couple of questions i've, I've had uh, sent in by friends uh that i'm gonna ask lance and he's gonna react to he hasn't heard the questions therefore if i give him a question and he says that's a dumb question at least you'll know <laughs> we didn't prepare this we just uh we just let it all hang out uh arthur in palo alto is asking uh, he has a 10 year old kid and he uh, wants to know if starting in hockey right now, if he'll ever play hockey well. Lance, what do you think about that? Uh, again, I think it goes back to what his passion is. I mean, if he hates hockey. There are a lot of kids in front of him, though. You must admit, there have been kids skating since four years old, and they have coach dads, and they have uh, parents with, uh, with endless reservoirs of money uh, to get their kids out on the ice. And, and you're telling me? That Arthur's kid at ten years old is going to uh, ever catch up to that? He could if he wants to. I will say that. I mean, you know, part of it is probably um, God-given talent will determine part of it. I mean, even for the kid who's been skating since he was three years old, there's going to be a big factor of God-given talent. I might ask how tall Arthur is. <laughs> is that wrong? Is it wrong for me to like uh, say, uh, you know, not Arthur? I'm sorry, Arthur's son. I might ask how tall Arthur is too. I want to. I want a picture. 
But uh, uh, but hey, in, in today's NHL, it doesn't matter anymore. And that uh, uh, one of the Kings players is uh, really yeah, successful. Yeah. He's been to the Kings. He's had the Kings AAA. I've not seen a Kings AAA player that's under seven foot two. Uh, I've been down there. I've seen it. <laughs> I have never seen a King uh, take a player on their AAA team that is not at least seven feet tall. But there's a very successful LA Kings rookie. I don't who's believe it. Five seven, right? I'm now, sorry, I don't believe that. Who uh, you're going to have to fact check? His you're you're going to have to fact check uh, Lance Alexander. Can you give us a name? Blake Lazat. Yeah, I think he made that up. So, uh, good, good answer. Good question. Is is there anything else you well, tell somebody that's starting late? Uh, basically, yes, that's probably starting right. late. You probably has to work harder. But I will give you this story that was told to me that it doesn't have to do with hockey, but it was about. This one team in the San Fernando Valley was a baseball team. And all the kids there were playing baseball since they were five years old. Each dad had invested in uh, batting cages in the backyard for all the kids. And uh, one particular parent who I'm friends with told me that a, uh, a boy walked in uh, like his 10th grade year and had never played baseball in his life and said, I want to play baseball. And the coach gave him a tryout and all the other parents laughed at him. And two years later, he was the only kid on the team that got drafted into Major League Baseball. Okay, but let's 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 calm down, Alexander. Okay, wait a second. I played football for eight years. There was always a kid from the track team that might take my position the next year. Every year, there was a track team kid that was faster and more athletic than I was. You can't tell me that that there's any track kid that's going to come into hockey two years beforehand and two years later is going to beat out your kid on the ice. You you tell me who is going to beat out your kid after two years because that was your that was your baseball story. I, I don't want to refresh your memory too much on this, but your baseball story said two years. What kid in two years is going to beat your son? Can he be a figure skater? No, he can't be a figure <laughs> skater. He can't be anything but a hockey player that that out of grit and determination and and uh, inner inner core strength found a way to be plucky and and make it on the team. Is he going to play with your son after two years? Not after two years. No, he is not. No, he is not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So it's a good question, uh, but I think the Three learning... Three years, maybe? Four? No. no. Are you kidding me? It's, it's When your kid is 15, Arthur, 15, five years from now, he could have the experience, uh, if he loves the sport, that will put him in league with other 15-year-olds that have been playing since they were six. But, you know, there's also the backward slide. I don't know if you know this, but, like, We've been around some really wealthy parents that have their kids play, you know, like, I don't know if you play this. Uh, they, they do archery and yachting and things like that. And a lot of those parents, after peewees, I mean, I'm thinking of one parent in particular, and I think you know who I'm thinking of. Of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, you know, once the kids start getting hit and once the kids start getting, you know, all of a sudden dad can't buy the motivation for that kid to keep playing. And he's not the best player anymore, you know, because he, he doesn't have the will to be that kid. So, I mean, as players are building up from four on, there are also some players that after 10 or 11 start actually going the other way. So it's not right. it's not a total it's not a total lesson that, you know, at, at 10 years old, you're too late. There are kids going both ways all the way through the experience. But. You have a lot of kids, I, I think, that, that were told that hockey was, was the might squirt sport and, and peewee sport. They get to bantams and they start getting hit and they didn't sign up for that at all. And and they, they go the other way. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a huge jumping point, I think, is bantam. 
because it's one thing, like you said, for a kid to just free wheel up and down the mm-hmm. ice, weaving in and out Different of people uh, uh, in a non-checking environment, and then all of a sudden get into that environment. So you see a lot of kids who were studs who now are getting batted around and, and aren't as good or are afraid or don't want to put themselves through that. Plus you see kids who are maybe considered weaker or struggling who suddenly thrive in the environment of being able to hit people and to be physical. <clears throat> so it's definitely a huge uh, uh, jumping point uh, when you go there. And as a matter of fact, cause remember the, the story of the boy I was telling you about that was just recently in the news. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to save that for the news section. Do you want to do it now? No, oh, we'll do it in the news Okay, section. no, do it now. Do it now. Yeah, okay, we're going to jump to the news. I had one more question. It was about hockey helmets. Uh, go buy your son a really good hockey helmet because no matter what – or daughter or daughter. I've got, a, I've got a daughter in the sport. Go buy your son a really good hockey helmet. Uh, there's no other uh, part of the body that needs to be protected more than that, although maybe the spine. Spine protector is always good too. But if there's one place that you want to splash out, I would say it's the helmet. What do you? Uh, and you know what else though too yeah. is, uh, and and none of us, I think all of us, neglect this area, is the mouthpiece. And I know m- most kids hate wearing a mouthpiece. They spit them out all the time. And most they, of them spit them out. They spit them out. They spit mouthpiece. Uh, I've got to disagree with Lance. Uh, the mouthpiece gets spat on the ice the minute they start uh, pushing. But so here's it's why it's important. Yes, is that we met this MMA fighter. Okay, and he's. He's got a lot of stories about, like, baseball and MMA. I don't want to dissuade. This is a hockey, youth hockey podcast. I just continue. But I just want you to understand, he's going to splat, He's going to say these things, and you're going to be like, what? Where? What am I listening to? It hockey. all ties, ties back. back. Go ahead. Exactly. So this MMA fighter told us that he invested, I can't remember how much it was, extremely expensive mouthpiece that was custom made to his mouth. And he said that you could take a full-on punch, bare-knuckle punch to the jaw and still not get a concussion because it's all about the mouthpiece and setting your jaw. And he said if more kids wore these very expensive mouthpieces, they wouldn't get concussions as much. I urge all the listeners to try that at home. Go home, punch anyone you know in the (laughs) mouth as hard as you can. Do they need the mouthpiece in first? Well, that would help. Yeah. uh, uh, Actually, maybe strike that. Don't punch anybody. We're not advocating violence here at the hockey Youth Hockey Podcast. But uh, it is. It, we, had a, we, had a, we had one that was made by a dentist as well, but our kid spits it out all the time. So I, I can't tell you to splash out for that kind of making those things because it's always on the ice. Uh, and the helmet is almost always on his head. Although once I remember in a game in, uh, where were we, San Diego? Carlsbad? Where were we? The helmet popped off. Well, it happens oh, all guess. the time. I know. Hel- helmet popped off, and the ref was nice. like, I didn't see him get hit in the head. And I'm like, Ref, how does the helmet pop off if he does? I want everyone to go home and try that. Ask your kid to see if he can get his helmet to pop off with nobody hitting him. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, if he has his chin strap on, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't. I was really <laughs> mad at that ref, as you can tell. Uh, so so the, uh, the question about the helmets, uh, 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 very important. Uh, read the West Virginia study. There's a, a study out there uh, where they did a concussion testing. Um, they've gotten much better since they did those, uh, uh, UVA or University of West Virginia study. Um, you're going to have to look it up yourself. I'm sorry. I don't have it on the top of my head. Uh, and they have concussion ratings for all the helmets that are coming out new and, uh, and in the past. Um, but it's smart to do that. Um, because, uh, you know, the head and the, and the, we've seen people have head injuries and we've seen people have back injuries. And both of those are, are things that don't, um, just derail hockey. 
they derail uh, so much of their life, uh, and you don't want to see a kid get hurt. Exactly. Okay, uh, uh, we Don't almost made it. Switch to the news. Yeah, the t- twenty minutes is the news. That's what I was going moving on to. The oh, news. okay. Do you want to like just vamp for fifteen seconds? What do you want to do? No. Oh, did you want me to talk about the the player? You can't for another nine minutes, nine seconds. <laughs> so, what's your favorite hockey team? Avalanche. I uh, grew up in Colorado. Okay. How about yours? We'll forgive you. No, are the you Kings. kidding me? Yeah, the Kings are the Kings. I'm. I, I live in California. I do enjoy the Kings. But uh, the Avalanche, you know, Patrick Waugh, Joe Sackett, uh, I'm sorry. You, you, you had to love those guys. Forsberg. Forsberg. And then we, all, we, we, we took Ray Bork away from Boston. Sorry, guys. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, took Rob Blake away from the Kings? Yeah, but Rob is still back now. He's kind of like hanging around. Isn't he hanging around in L.A.? He's the president, I think, now. Yeah, general so man. He's some, he's, he's came back. So you can't be too mad at us. We borrowed, we borrowed Rob Blake. Uh, now I'm 35 seconds over, so why don't we talk about the news? How the news affects uh, the way we look at the sport, uh, and Lance has a news story today that uh, uh, really fits in well with the, the helmets, and it also brings up the idea of when do you want your kids to play up? Uh, take it away. Right, so I won't mention names in this case just because he's only 15. I think you can mention his name because he's a public figure. This is a, this is a real, this is a real, like... Well, people can find him. Okay, people find We're going to call him... Joey. Joey. <laughs> Joey. Okay. We're going to call him Joey, but everyone's going to know who Joey is if you if you watch hockey. Go ahead. Exactly. So, well, it was, it was interesting because of the fact that uh, his parents had filed for exceptional status, which means you're under the age of the Canadian Hockey League uh, guidelines, which is 16. Uh, but you're so good that... Uh, that they grant you an exceptional status because you're too good to play with your peers. You have to play with older boys. We have a lot of those kids in in-house too, by the way, at our, at our <laughs> rink. Like, I'm it's sorry, my kid's exceptional. We'll and to, to uh, put perspective on it, so Sidney Crosby was declined exceptional status, but I think... Well, he wasn't that good. Exactly. And I think John Tavares, <laughs> someone told me, I didn't know this, but was granted exceptional status. But... Um, uh, in the Sidney Crosby case, yes, he played at 15. He played at the Shattuck St. Mary's prep team, and I think he led the entire which, nation. Which your kid went to, scoring. right? Exactly. Can, I, can I remind you? That your kid went to Shattuck St. Mary's. Yes. Yeah. He rubs that in all the time. Exactly. And hopefully to have his jersey up on the Yeah, exactly. Someday. Um, so he might so, be. He might be. So this kid, uh, so Joey got declined his exceptional status. However, if you're, I think if you're Canadian-born and you're drafted by a Canadian team, you're allowed to play five games uh, to get a taste of the league uh, in uh, when you're when you're first drafted at 15 before you're old enough to play in the league. And so I think it was actually his fifth game that is all over the internet right now. Where boy, he came across the middle, cut in, and never saw the guy coming. It was a legal check. Guy knocked him out cold. So it's a legal check, not an illegal check. Correct. The kid didn't get a penalty, didn't yeah. get any retribution. It just was one of those unfortunate situations when you have a 19-year-old hitting a 15-year-old. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure the 19-year-old has more of a man's body than the 15-year-old. I think it is absolutely vital to hear the lesson that if you play your kid up, you are not endangering them because that's that's a little bit too shocking but you are putting a certain amount of risk into the equation 
that you don't need to. And the, these kids, uh, especially the kids that have been playing in the juniors for, and this isn't just juniors, by the way, almost anything, almost any time you decide my kid is too good for the kids that they're play, he's playing against, 90% of the people that I have met that say that are wrong. Their kid isn't too good. for uh, He is not leading the league in that league that he is in. He does not need to play against kids that are much, much bigger and stronger and will push him around like a, a piece of lint. It doesn't benefit anyone, and people get hurt. And you start to worry that are people making the decisions based on ego yeah. versus what's right for their kid because... And I'm not saying that this guy was, by the way. Uh, this right. news story, we don't have an... Uh, we. You know, I'm not insider on this. I'm just, I, but it brings up a good point that I can tell, talk to about, which is I've seen a kid that got uh, nine or ten concussions uh, playing uh, in juniors. I've seen, uh, you know, and it just, it it, it makes people um, think that the sport is too violent for their own kids, and they they quit. Because they see kids that are pushed up, They're, it's not as violent if he's playing his own age group. You know, right. it doesn't. It isn't going to hurt him. Most likely, you know, if I was a twelve, if you know, I, I didn't play as a freshman. I did not play on my varsity football team. They would have squashed me. You know, it's right. not. It's not a pride thing. You know, to me, it's it's a message that needs to get out to the hockey community. Do not, in, in, at least in my in my you know, no matter how big your kid is. Uh, he is still not as hairy and uh, and and ripped and and all of the things that it takes to be a man. And right. if you're playing him against a man, that is not fair. And even the 16-year-olds that are playing, like in the USHL, I mean, it's the exception that 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 player goes in and makes an impact and is in the in the right place where he needs to develop. Because I, you know, I look at the stats. I look at these kids, and the, most of the ones that I've come across at sixteen are, you know, they're playing every game. They have maybe one goal, two goals. Uh, I hear that they they don't play a lot. They sit on the bench a lot, and and imagine how much better for that kid it would be if he was sixteen and ripping up the league. Exactly, in a sixteen year old every yeah. game, every vital game. shifts. He wins the game for somebody. How many times has your kid won a game for a team? Uh, like won the game? You know, he won it. He put in the last goal, or he he just took the team on his back and and did something. How many times have you seen that happen? Um, I don't know if I can put a number. I'd say uh, enough. <laughs> Several times. I've seen it. I've it been just there. happened last I've, week. Or? I know. I've been there when when Lance's boy decides to put the team on his shoulders, and it's not it's not not any disrespect to the team. Uh, it's just letting him know that you know there are times when your kid can make a big difference in a game. And I've seen it happen with uh, with your kid, and it's 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 what well, is an amazing feeling. I mean, I think uh, yeah. Yes. It just I tell you what, just like the 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 reflection uh, onto me, like when I'm watching you be happy, I think, wow, that's an amazing feeling. Exactly, and it wouldn't happen if you're playing with twenty year olds. No, he, you know, and there's such a risk factor out there as well um, that that scares me. Um, so that's the news. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add on the news? Nope, that's it. Uh, at the very end, it's called Rand Randall's Character Corner, and I'm bringing in a character. Uh, and I'm going to have Lance react to this character. Uh, he doesn't know who this character is. Uh, and and oh, you're, no. you have to ask me some questions. So, uh, I, Randall is leaving, and this new character is coming in. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. I am Bobby from Inhouse's dad. 
And Bobby from in-house is the best in-house player ever. I'm Bobby from in-house's dad. What questions would you like to ask me, Mr. Alexander? Okay, so now why do you think he's the best? Oh, he dominates every new and uh, player in the league. He plays up. He, he can't play with his age. He's so good. He always has to play up in in-house and play against other older people who are just learning the sport. And he is the best player I've ever seen, Bobby from in-house. So do you think you have him in the right place? Absolutely. I know I have him in the right place. I hang out at the rink all the time. I'm there from 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night every Saturday and Sunday. I usually have a pitcher of beer with me. <laughs> my wife is usually somewhere else because I've never seen my wife with Bobby for in-house's dad. I don't know if he has a wife. I'm guessing he does. He has kids. But I'm as Bobby from in-house's dad, I can tell you the only thing that matters is my beer and Bobby, who dominates. Now, are you sure Bobby's even there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always sure uh, if uh, Bobby's there, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain he's there. Uh, I just... Bobby is so good. I like to walk around being really smug that my child is so good at hockey. Uh, and I don't even think about putting him in travel because travel's, travel is stupid. It costs a lot of money and it's dumb. And they're not as good as Bobby anyway. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have all the answers. I do. I'm Bobby from In-House's dad. Okay, I'm now going to leave the room so we can talk about Bobby from In-House's dad. How many times have you met that guy? Well, that particular guy, I yeah. think I've met too many times. Me too. Uh, in case you're wondering, if you are out there and you have met Bobby from In-House's dad, I would like you to send us an email at youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will feature you any week that we get your email, uh, a story about Bobby from In-House's dad. Now, he doesn't have to have the name Bobby. He can be Chet or... Burrow or Jimmy, whatever you like to, whatever. But I'd like to hear a couple stories because we have one of those. Or we have a couple of those at, at our local rink. We have a couple of those at every rink I've been to. Uh, and, and I'd like to flesh out this character at some point. You know, by the way, I, you just reminded me of that. Quickly. Uh, five. Um, every four, parent I met who were Bobby's three, from in-house has been a bad experience. There you go.